Hey, we're Brittany and Tiffany, and we're obsessed with all things meal planning. And we're here to help you navigate both the wild and wonderful parts of feeding your people. I'm a mama to seven and the creator of The Deliberate Day. I'm a mama of five, an ideal and inspiration. We'll teach you the tried and true secrets to getting meals on the table with more love and less overwhelm. So grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea, get comfortable, and come learn with us. Today, we are starting part one of a five-part series about failing. You are going to fail, but please don't let that stop you from trying. Think about the obstacles that stand in the way of your success. This will actually improve motivation in the long run, and this was said and researched by Dr. Emily Balkidis. So what does this really look like in a real-life application, right? It looks like looking for a life jacket before the boat sinks. That's true, and I was listening about what Michael Phelps did when he was training for the Olympics. He and his coach literally thought of every possible way he could fail and practiced overcoming those challenges to get him to be ready for when those things happened on the big race day. So that, that feels like almost what's hardwired into my DNA is to look at things and almost play devil's advocate with them. Like this, you know, always looking for the failure and then imagining how you overcome it. I will say, though, I feel like that has a little bit of a dark side, too, that can come out in very self-defeating or demotivating thoughts once you start looking at all the failures and everything. But you are kind of the total opposite of that. I don't think of anything that can go wrong. (laughs) I am. So what I will really honestly, like, I'll take on anything and I'll be like, no, it'll go great. I can be in two places at once, right? (laughs) And I don't think either of those ends of the spectrum are are really good. I think it's where those two pieces come together in the middle is where the magic happens. Oh yes, I would completely agree. And one of the biggest factors in this is learning from failure, right? Seeing the failure, perceiving the failure. Preparing for the failure. Exactly. And I think where these two kind of meet in the middle is where you're preparing for failure, but when failure happens and maybe you didn't prepare well enough, that you're learning from failure, right? Always, always, always. I think really it's been said by people who are way smarter than me that you really do learn more from failure than you learn from success. Yeah, I think there's a quote by Ed Milet. Do not misread failure. Without failure, there would be no success. You need one to achieve the other. These repeated false starts are a normal part of the process on the way to ultimately winning. And I know that we've got a lot of listeners out there who have had so many false starts in their meal planning, right? That's something that we hear all the time. I've tried, but I failed. And maybe they're thinking that they can't try again because they failed in the past, but that's not true. And we're going to apply this to meal planning today, but you can take these concepts and you can apply them to anything. That is so true. So here are the areas in meal planning where even the best laid plans can fall apart. We're talking about in the planning, in the shopping, in the making the meals, in just generally being derailed, and in your mindset. So today we're going to actually talk about planning, and we're going to run through some scenarios where we can actually fail in our planning. 
So we're gonna show you where the life jackets are so you're ready when the boat sinks. With each one of these, we're gonna talk long-term fix and then we're gonna talk midweek, mid-sink fix, right? Because if you're in the middle of it, you don't need the long-term fix. But the long-term fix is what's actually going to change your habits and is actually going to change things long-term. That's very true. And so as you listen along, you'll have an idea of what you can do in the future, but also an idea of what to do if this is what you're experiencing right now today. So not working with your schedule is going to have one of the biggest impacts on your success in meal planning. Your long-term fix here is to consider your your schedule before you choose your meals for the week. It's just that simple. I feel like we've said that before. (laughs) We might have said that a few times. But that's okay. If this is where you've, you've been hung up, and you now realize that this is what you did, this is how you can fix that in the future, right? Absolutely. And if you are new to the podcast and this is the first podcast you're jumping on, then this is vital information. This is gold nugget worthy information to think about your schedule before you plan your menu. Okay, so let's say it's Wednesday. I didn't plan with my schedule in mind. I'm totally in the middle of chaos. How do I, I'm I'm sinking. What do I do now? (laughs) Okay, so your mid-sink fix is you pivot. You make the rest of the week work for and with you. You know, we fall back to an all or nothing view and then we tend to give up, right? But what we need to remember is it's recoverable. It is recoverable. If you've listened to us for a little while, you might remember that I've talked about in the past. I went through a period where I was actively losing weight. I was counting macros. And I had actually lost 80 pounds. And one thing that I realized during that time is that if I made a plate for myself and the plate had, whatever, five pieces of pizza on it, and I would go and log <laughs> it into, I say pizza because that's, I guess, what they call a trigger for kryptonite. <laughs> it is my, I will black out and eat a whole pizza. <laughs> but, so I would have this plate full of pizza, right? And before I would start to eat it, I would log it. But what I what occurred to me while I was doing that is, yeah, I've logged it. Clearly, it's gone over my macros, but I haven't actually eaten it yet. So I could put some of those pieces back, right? It was my all or nothing thinking that told me, no, it's on your plate. You have to eat it now. <laughs> right? And so... Accept the macros. That's right. Just just accept it. Eat the pizza. Right. Shoot. While you're at it, eat the whole thing. Right? <laughs> you're already over it. Yeah. But that's, mm-hmm. that's like being on Wednesday night in the middle of a week, realizing you didn't plan today, falling off the wagon today and being like, well, it's shot. Too late. No one's eating the rest of the week. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. Put the pizza back. You mm-hmm. can you can recover tomorrow and the next day and the next day, right? Yeah, learn how to pivot. The moral of the story here is that we want you to resist all or nothing thinking. So Brittany, if we're in this midweek sink, what can we do? You really need to look at what you have going on for the remaining days in your week, right? And then look at the remaining meals that you already have planned and you already have the ingredients for because you need to see which ones you can realistically make on the remaining days. And you really need to accept that if you can't make all or some of them fit, that you make the pivot and use a backup meal or you take a recovery day and and you just get food from out. Just don't make this a habit, okay? As you're meal planning next week, use this pain that you've experienced now as a reminder that you need to include your schedule in your plan. Right. 
So what happens, Tiffany, if we've just planned too much? We've planned too big. I know that as moms, we want to do all the things all at once, and maybe we've made elaborate meals or we've planned for elaborate meals every single meal. Ooh, okay. So I am I am guilty of this one a lot. So the long-term fix really is to understand your capacity and season. Adjust your expectations that you have for yourself and let go of the belief that you need to make big elaborate meals all the time if you're meal planning. Or if you find yourself looking at social feeds and feel like you have to live up to that in order to be successful, you need to know that not everyone can cook like Brittany. I'm kidding. But that's true, right? She's been doing this for 22 years. And if you haven't been meal planning for 22 years, you're going to start at a different spot. You don't want to compare your middle to someone else's end. Absolutely. And and you really want to think about this long-term fix is also about choosing meals that build upon each other as far as ingredients go, right? And that's going to save you a lot of time when you're trying to plan too much and too big. It's going to kind of give you a box to work within. And I will say, if you join us on Wednesdays at the Deliberate Day on Instagram, you'll find that the meals that Brittany chooses for her menus often do repeat similar ingredients, and that can really simplify your meal planning. Absolutely. So let's say it's the middle of the week, right? You've planned all these elaborate meals. What do you do now? Well, our midweek mid-sync fix here is really to see what you can do to simplify the meals that you have left. Can you reduce the number of ingredients? Can you just make eggs for breakfast instead of eggs, toast, and sausage? If you have beautiful, Pinterest-worthy yogurt parfaits on your menu, can you just do yogurt with granola on top and maybe a banana on the side instead? Can you reduce the time investment and alter how you're cooking or making some of these elaborate meals? Okay, so what about batching time-consuming items, right? What about meatballs? Instead of hand-rolling every item and then cooking them up on every side in a pan, what if you used an ice cream scoop and scooped them all out onto a tray on some parchment paper and baked them all in the oven at the same time? That saves you loads of time and energy. If you're making tortillas and you're hand-searing every tortilla or hand-heating up every tortilla, slap a little butter on the corn tortillas or even the flour tortillas and then slap them in the oven under the broiler for a minute or two. You've got some suggestions. I think that's how you make toast or waffles, right? Absolutely. So a good friend taught me a very long time ago, instead of cooking waffles or toast uh, two by two or four by four, put those bad boys on a big sheet pan in the oven and they all get done at the same time. Brilliant, right? And and also you can make uh, burgers that way too, right? Yep. That's how I make my famous copycat White Castle burgers. I actually put them on a sheet pan, poke holes in them, and I bake them in the oven. See? Brilliant. Then you're not grilling and pattying up every single individual one. It's all going in at once, and you could just cut it when you're done. That's so true. And this is actually one of my favorite, favorite things to do is to blend or pulse the ingredients instead of chopping them all up. Okay. This is brilliant. This I learned from Tiffany. Whenever she's making sauces or dips, she literally throws everything into the blender. Like 
the whole thing of cilantro, the whole onion, the whole, like, the whole everything, and then just pulses it all up and makes her sauce. Okay, I have to admit I learned this from cooking shows. If you ever watch any cooking <laughs> show, that's what they do. So I was like, if they can do it, I can do it. The other thing is, is you can really pulse up other ingredients that are kind of a pain to chop up, like onions, garlic, vegetables. You can put them in a food processor, pulse them a few times, and then dump them in. You don't have to sit there and chop fine or mince or dice things. This is another one that we've already touched on before, but you can bake things in the oven instead of frying them on the top of the stove. Yes, definitely. This not only saves you time, but it also saves you the smell of the oil in your house for the next six weeks. (laughs) And the oil all over everything? Yes, it splatters everywhere. My neighbor from Columbia is amazing. She can oil fry with precision, but that is not a gift that I have. Yeah, yeah. All right, and what about making things ahead of time? You know, pre-prepping as much as you can. These will all reduce your time investment. If you're making sauces, meat mixtures, rice, if you're making those ahead, your time commitment at dinner time is so much less. Now, let's talk about some lack of meal inspiration regarding your planning. Your long-term fix here is get inspired. It's out there. Go look for it. You know, check Pinterest, check YouTube, make a family favorites list of recipes that you love and you enjoy. Watch some cooking shows and get some inspiration. Okay, I have to say, even if you don't speak Spanish, I highly recommend checking out Taco Chronicles on Netflix. It is so good. And there are two seasons, and I'm actively waiting for season number three. You can put subtitles on, but you will be amazed. And just get some ideas from it and some really good inspiration on new things to try. So maybe you're midweek or mid-sync and your decision fatigue has set in. You still haven't planned, but you know you need to. What are we going to do first? Okay, so first you need to check and see what you have on hand. And I suggest beginning with protein and vegetables. Yes, definitely. Then go to Pinterest and use those specific ingredients to search for recipes that you can make with them. Did you guys know that Pinterest isn't a social media platform? It's actually a search engine. Yep. Here's another idea. It's like the visual Google. It is so the visual Google. Mm -hmm. Here's a really good one. I know a lady who puts recipes out every Wednesday for her beloved followers to inspire them to move in their kitchen. Oh, wait, it's Brittany (laughs) at the Deliberate Day on Instagram. And the recipes you'll find there are all recipes that I have already tried or I'm going to try and I'm going to tell you if they're good or not. Most of the recipes can be made with ingredients you should already have on hand too. And the majority of the recipes that she's putting on there can be easily made dairy-free. Now let's talk about this is a big one. What if I'm overwhelmed with my family's allergies or trying to manage many different taste buds? I would say you need to start by changing your mindset first because there are over 7.2 million food items in the world. Your life is not over if you can't have a few of them or your children can't have a few of them. Even if you can't have a lot of them, your life is not over, right? The key here is to focus more on what you can have instead of what you can't have. And this really goes for allergies and healthy eating. If you say, I don't eat... Instead of I can't eat, it changes everything. There are actually studies with Boston College and I believe the University of Houston. And they said that 64 people, I'm sorry, 64 people, 64% of people who said I don't 
compared to 39% who said I can't, were able to choose the healthier option. And really, this just reminds you that really you do have a choice. It takes you from a victim mindset, waiting for someone to save you while wallowing, to a victor mindset. I'm in control and I get to choose. It changes everything. Another long-term fix is to plan in meals that serve everyone and give choice when and where you can. You can really cook and bake and make things with food allergies, right? And you can make meals. One of the things I hear a lot of moms complain about is that they have to make a separate meal for the child who is allergic or for the person who's allergic and then one for someone else. In our home, we don't do that. We don't accommodate just one person. Like We kind of change what we're eating and what we're doing to serve the whole family. One of the ways you can do that in these meals, and you don't have to just cut these items out, but you give options like you just said, right? Maybe instead of making baked potatoes and cooking all the spuds up in the oven with cheese and bacon and chives and broccoli or whatever, maybe you make a baked potato bar. And this bar has all of the regular toppings that everybody loves, but the kid who has the allergy knows that these are the items they can have. And it's It's really uplifting for us to be able to serve our people and encourage our people with allergies to help them not feel like life is over either, right? That they have options, that good food is out there, that they can grow up eating delicious food even though they have allergies. So they're not feeling like they're missing out and we're not making them feel like they're missing out by complaining about their allergies to them. You can make fondue. You could do nachos with all kinds of different toppings. DIY pizzas. You could do bowls salads. You could do a pancake bar. You know, seeing all of these foods that you can have really starts to combat the thought of, I can't. And it builds a different future for you and for your kids. Okay, so we have our long-term fix, but what about when it's the middle of the week, I'm in the corner in the fetal position because (laughs) I just can't handle it anymore. I just can't take it. I've had enough. I'm overwhelmed. What do I do? We've all been there, okay? I have a lot of allergies in my family, and sometimes you just feel defeated, right? So your midweek mid-sync fix here is to inject a little joy. Find a reset. Spend a little money on an ingredient that you don't normally splurge on, but everyone can enjoy maybe ice cream or get the dairy for those who can have it and then the non-dairy for those who can't or maybe the gluten-free rolls and the Hawaiian rolls, you know, and spend a little money on that ingredient and enjoy it with your family. Or another thing you could do is visit your local favorite restaurant that has options that accommodate for your allergies. Maybe a pizza joint that can change the crust, the cheese, or the toppings. You could look in your area because there might be restaurants. I know we have one in our area where you basically can pick your protein, your grain. If you don't do grains, you can pick different lettuces and then all the sauces and toppings that you could ever imagine. See if they have something like that in your area where everyone gets a little choice in what they eat within their allergies. Absolutely. This is a perfect midweek, mid-sync fix when you just need to inject a little joy or find a reset. All right, Brittany, let's recap. Things can and often do unravel in the planning stage, but here are some long-term fixes that we suggested in this episode. Plan with your schedule in mind. Plan with your capacity in mind. Get inspired and change your food allergy mindset. If you're still feeling intimidated or just need a little boost to start, 
Send us a DM with the word bonus at the Deliberate Dan Instagram and we'll send you the link for the free mini meal planning kit. Well, and there are a lot of restaurants who offer bowls and things where you can just go and make... Between own restaurant, <laughs> I was like, "What the heck is she talking?" Oh, I see it now. <laughs> hey, but that was a good idea too. That was a good idea. I was just gonna roll with it. 